Blog Talk Radio. Ah, yeah, baby, we're back old school. The old theme music back. What up, everybody? Vegas fans, sales and marketing behind the eight ball. We got a short show tonight, but it's gonna be jam. First, we're gonna take, we're gonna let the theme music roll for a second, take the trash out, and hit on a couple pretty cool little uh, bits of information I think you'll find useful, and talk about a few upcoming guests that we hope to have booked real soon. Be fun this show. Back at you in about ten seconds. time. I think that last show with Seth Larrabee was quite a while ago. I want to thank Seth. Uh, we actually, Jesus, I think we did 5,112 archive listens to that show. That broke the record. I appreciate it. Um, I want to address an issue right now because everybody's PMing me, and we're just going to get it out in the open, and then I'm going to be done with it, and I'm not going to ask you, you know, I, I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Um I want to apologize to my listeners for one thing. I always promise to try to bring on the best guests that I can and um, interesting guests, uh, people that I think you can learn from, even if they're polarizing, even if you may not agree with them, whatever, but just interesting guests. Um, Dude I discovered quite a while ago on Facebook, I really liked him, was a gentleman by the name of Marshall Wayne. He's got a big following. I liked his pictures. I liked how he he did his branding and his his style, and I liked everything about this dude. And we're going way back. And I reached out to him. I said, "Dude, I really am impressed with your stuff. I'd like to have you on my show." Nice enough guy. Um, I booked him on the show. Uh, the show went real well. We got good numbers. And I did something I seldom do, and that is I bring somebody back for a second show. I really liked the guy, and that second show was supposed to be about his involvement in the Iraqi diner and selling of same. Um, that was the title of the show. We never really discussed that, but regardless, it was another, you know, really, you know, I thought interesting show, and I really liked Marshall. I turned around. I promoted him on my blog at the time. I have mentioned him, including the last show, to Seth Larrabee, as he'll back me up on this. Uh, I said, you know, this, this is a really brilliant guy, very engaging individual, very good at what he does. I like him. I took some of his posts that he actually put on Facebook and put them over on the Warrior Forum special private section because I thought they were so good. Um, so this is the guy I actually like. I mean, he's been on my show. I've never had a bad word to say about the guy. You know me, if I, if I, you know, I've, I've come out and said I'll slap a market across the face, certain one. I mean, I, I'm not. If I don't like somebody, I don't mind saying it. But I never had an issue with Martian Wayne, and he knows how I am. He's been on my show. He knows how I talk. He knows I can be sarcastic, whatever. Never was an issue. Um, there's a thread running over on his board 
that is dated, I believe, um, August 16th, and I think it says uh, the quote to the picture, and I actually kind of like the picture. It said, on the treadmill listening to Doug Stanhope. And I just made a comment, and I'm going to quote you the comment, and then you all decide from there. Hey, bro, don't see much sweat, so you you must be doing more listening than treading. In other words, he's on the treadmill making a little joke because he didn't look like he had broken a sweat. This guy responds to me, a guy who's done nothing but really pump him up to everybody because I like him, and says, Vince, considering you're a, you're fat as fuck, actually I weigh 160, Marshall, I'm perfect uh, weight for my height, you should keep your fucking mouth shut here and at the dinner table. Now, later on in the thread, there's this girl, um, I'll just say her name, Kaylee, who's from a different country, but she was trying to be nice to him, and she makes a point of spelling the word to instead of T-O-O, to. She spells it T-O, and uh, he comes back at her and says, well, Kaylee, it's, quote, too close, end quote, and I absolutely have a proper sense of pride and self-respect, which is what dignity means. Don't come here and talk negatively to me. You'll find that to be a very highly unfavorable situation for you. First of all, when you talk to a woman like that who's done you nothing wrong, it's a real pussy bitch move, in my opinion. Um, she responded by I wasn't aware I was talking negatively. My my apologies if it came across that way. I thought we were having some humorous fun. Did not intend on taking anything from you. And you know what, Kaylee? You shouldn't have had to apologize. Now, I'm thinking at this point, this dude's jerking my chain. I'm thinking it's April Fool. So I actually write him in a PM. I said, yo, Marshall, Vinny, what, what, what is that, man? What's up with the venom? He writes, venom? You want to talk shit? Do it somewhere else. I don't let it sit. I fight back. This is his exact quote I'm reading. You have to be at, you have to be absolutely unaware of how I operate to think you can talk shit to me on my wall and think I'll let it sit here. Huh? This is what I'm I, I I'm stunned by this. I said, "Okay, bro, I thought it was kind of a funny comment, but there was no malice intended, no attack, nor has there ever been as you know, you've been on my show twice." Sorry, I felt you felt I insulted you. It was, that was just not the case. But if that's what you want to think, okay. But it couldn't be further from the truth. I have never personally attacked you on Facebook. And uh, he responds back uh, to that by saying, I thought mine was funny because it was. You want to be funny, I'll be funny. And I said, okay, Marshall, I get it. So I'm thinking this guy's fucking drunk or on drugs or something. I just, this is not the same guy I know. So I wrote him back the next day and said, Marshall, hey, since my comment looks like you're doing more listening than treading was so offensive to you and you called me every name in the book, I wanted to make sure to let you know that I've removed all blog posts and the shows that you appeared on uh, because you must think I'm a big piece of shit for whatever reason. Um, And he responds, uh, I don't give a shit. You fucking crybaby, if you run your mouth on my wall and expect it to sit, you're a fucking idiot. And I wrote back, LOL, Marshall, I actually liked your pick. What exactly in that comment offended you? 
I ain't crying, bro. I just don't understand what the quote, how that quote I wrote sent you off the deep end. I mention your name to every guest on my show. I've gone out of my way to tell anyone and everyone about your talents. I guess I just don't get it. What did I say? I didn't attack you. Never have. His response, I don't, give, I don't care who likes me. When did you ever think I would let someone talk shit on my wall? I still don't know what this fucking guy's talking about, talking shit on his wall. I have never allowed it, not from personal friends, business partners, and not even from family. I responded to your comment. Quit fucking crying like a fucking baby. If you want to run your mouth, accept the rebuttal and move on. Otherwise, stay silent. I'm now annoyed. Leave me alone. Well, <laughs> I ain't crying like a baby. I'm just wondering if... if uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm all for attacking your enemies. There's some marketers I've come out of I just don't like because they've wronged me. And and I, and I don't like them, and I'll say so. But this is the fucking guy I've had on my show twice that I almost every guest since then I have mentioned his name. Like I said, the last show was Seth, him, and I talked about Marshall. Now, I have censored from at least a dozen people that this is his modus operandi, this very narcissistic um, all-about-me, and if, if and if you catch him in the wrong day, he goes crazy. Like, I, what what his comments directed to that girl, you know, that, that's, that's just that, that's just totally a pussy move to do that. That girl wasn't trying to, you know, and you're going to correct her spelling and, and basically comes off like he's threatening her. And the language he uses to me, I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, I've never had a bad word to say about the guy. I liked it. That's what just, I, I, I thought it was all a joke. But anyway, um, somebody told me that at this super comic or super whatever the fuck it was, uh, um, video superhero summit, I guess he tanked. And maybe, I mean, tanked bad, from what I understand. I've also, you know, I don't know, and I don't care. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and take the high road on this. What Those quotes I read you were verbatim. Um, I don't know what I did to piss Marshall Wayne off with that silly quote, but if you're going to respond to somebody who's actually gone out of his way to try to help you, um, God help those who don't, uh, you know, I don't need to kiss your ass, dude. And I don't give a fuck if you got 8,000 friends. A lot of them would be offended by what you did. A lot of them won't. That's a, I don't really care. I'm not on Facebook to create 8,000 friends showing my photograph uh, to everybody. That's not what I'm about. And uh, I, I seriously hope you get the help you need. We all have issues. Ain't nobody got more than me. But I've never, ever gone out and attacked you on your fucking page. And if you think that silly little comment I left was attacking you, you're a real sensitive bitch. Anyway, again, uh, apparently it's not the first time this happened. Um, I've heard this from quite a few people, and uh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I pulled his shows off the air, and I apologize to my listeners because uh, it's my job to put good guests on. And uh, I apparently was wrong, and I'm sorry about that. Those shows uh, with him have been removed. Um, that's too bad. Anyway, um, wow. I, I, I still keep thinking there's a punchline here somewhere, but I guess not. Um, 
I, I wish the guy luck. I really do. I, I like Marshall. I, I, I honestly God have not a clue what prompted that. Anyway, this was a really cool little techni- technique I picked up from a dude. <laughs> this isn't for everybody, but it was a dude uh, um, that I interact with a lot on Facebook, and he's he's a pretty sharp dude. And it was about how to get your Kindle. I'm not really into the Kindle thing yet. I mean, my book is coming out, and we're going to do it. And Actually, I have a publisher, but we're deciding now if we're going to go the publish route because, of course, when you get a publisher, they want to jack with the content. So the book is basically done. But if I go the CreateSpace route, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll get it out in Kindle format. But for those people that are really – looking to put a that have like these Facebook groups in a certain niche or you can create one this was one of the most this is really brilliant dude comes out and decides that the marijuana niche is big legalize all this stuff so i don't know if he I, I guess he formed a facebook fan page on this i mean thousands of people joined and you could do this for free i don't even know if he used i don't even think he used paid traffic i think he just you know created this page on marijuana on legalization. Well, once the page started building up in volume, he started asking people for their favorite marijuana recipes. I didn't know that. I mean, I've heard of brownies and shit, but apparently he got inundated with hundreds and hundreds of recipes. And what he ended up doing was letting them know he was going to take the best and he was going to put it together in a book. And this dude went to bank. He sold a ton of these cookbooks. Now, whenever I think of cookbook, I think of my man Ron Douglas, who actually, you know, got the big Simon and Schuster deal uh, with America's Most Wanted Recipes. It's a little different, but really, it makes perfect sense if, you, if you're not the type who want to sit down and write a, you know, a book or anything. Let your people do it. And cookbooks are always hot. And cookbooks in a niche like this, I mean, they had like banana. Uh, or pineapple, marijuana, truffles, and cakes, and brownies, and everything you can think of. And he picked out the best, and he just, so it was all written for him. And these people just put the recipes right on there. He not only was selling it, uh, you know, sold a shitload on Kindle, but he turned around, of course, sold a ton of it on the actual Facebook fan page itself. So I was just thinking of other applications for it, but... Um, I, I actually went through and researched the story, and, and I got my facts straight on this. The guy really actually did it, and it's actually a pretty brilliant little move. Niche cookbooks are uh, are pretty hot if you've got the right one, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a cookbook. It could be give me your best tip for this. In other words, if you've got a fan page that's large enough and it's in a in a really good niche, let your customers write the book for you. Everybody wants to be an expert, and a lot of them are. Let them, you know, give you their top three ways to, you know, hit a ball 300 yards or their top three, you know, favorite places to go fishing or whatever the hell it is. You know, again, it comes down to the niche, you know. you got to do your research on that and stuff. But uh, that's basically what the guy did. I thought, damn, that's brilliant. And he ended up selling hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of copies of this thing. The other thing I want to talk to you guys about, this might be more for the ladies, but uh, I did a show, and it's in the archives. And I did this show long before, 
I was way ahead of my time, as usual, on this. It was called Cashing In for Cash and Gold. It's where I basically told you guys how you were getting fucked every time you sent your gold in to these TV places. I also explained to you how to use a gold calculator to determine how much your gold was. I also told you back then that I thought the play at the time was palladium. By the way, uh, of all the metals, that's still the only one that's tripled. I think it was 200 at the time I, I uh, recommended it. Uh, it's somewhere around seven now. Um, but uh, that's another story. But you might want to go back. Anybody interested in in that type of thing? I told you also. I think the big the big missing link here is sterling silver. Nobody seems to be buying. You know, there's no signs out there with it. But I told you you get screwed. Well, I'm going to tell you where you really can get screwed. And there is no. And it's and it's like a, it's like the barter industry. It's very secretive. And that's the diamond industry. And I, and and the problem with this whole diamond thing is, and, and and ladies, I'm not picking on you, but they target you, and you guys get mesmerized by that Tiffany, and you guys get uh, get mesmerized by that fancy box in the stores and the compelling marketing that's designed to you know suck you in, and then the old man goes and buys the ring. I'm going to tell you guys that Tiffany and all these retailers, they all buy their diamonds from the same wholesaler. Now, I got this information from a jeweler who has been working near this town for 40 years. And he told me this a couple of years ago, and I don't know why I don't have not brought this up to you guys yet. The main, You can have two diamonds. They can both be one carat. They can both be princess cut. They can both look white and look the same. But one can actually be worth 20000 One could be worth eight. And, you know, it goes down to the color, cut, clarity, and, and carrot size, and the four C's. But I'm going to tell you, there is not a jewelry store out there that, compete, compete, that can rather compete with the site I'm going to give you. And the site I'm going to give you, not an affiliate, because I don't even think they have an affiliate program, but it's called Blue Nile, B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E dot com. I want everybody who knows anything about diamonds to go over there. You can literally just start using the little calculator. But say you want a one-carat. Ladies, pick your dream. I want a one-carat princess cut D color, which is basically colorless. Vinny does know a little bit about diamonds. Um, what if you wanted, how about an internally flawless diamond? That's going to narrow it down even further. But my point is, is when you get done, and then what kind of cut, you know, uh, very good, ideal, you're going to get prices. And what I'm telling you, and this is the crux of this whole thing on the diamond thing, is that when you go to these jewelry stores, you are the, the markup is is double minimum, if not more. Generally, they're never. You, if you walked into your local Zales and said, "Can I look at a one carat flawless diamond?" They're going to probably look at you with a blank look because they've probably never seen one. Whereas you can actually go to Blue Nile, and you can get that exact stone. Bottom line is, you will pay. And by the way, you don't have to pay sales tax either, unless I believe you live in Washington, which is where they're based. Last I checked, you save the sales tax, and I'm going to tell you what you can save. We did a little comparison. We looked at a Tiffany one carat diamond. Now Tiffany, like most jewelers, 
They show you how beautiful a stone is, but they don't give you any information. And by the way, if if it doesn't have a GIA certificate, good luck selling it. A GIA certificate is not an appraisal. It is a it is a lab that takes every piece of that stone and analyzes it, and it makes it so easy to sell because you can list that GIA certificate number on eBay or wherever you want to sell it, and somebody at home can punch it in. They know exactly how much that diamond's worth. Try selling it any other way. It's almost impossible. By the way, it's very expensive to get one done. Almost every diamond on blue uh, uh on Blue Nile has a GIA certificate. It's there. It's total transparency. They show you everything. They talk about the wholesale market. Bottom line, we did this thing with this Tiffany diamond. This lady wanted to buy us about a carrot, but of course they don't tell you the color. They don't. We don't. You know, it looked white. Probably a nice diamond. It's around I don't know twelve, thirteen thousand. We went and we found one that we knew was better quality. Slightly larger, no sales tax, and we got it for seven. Shipping, 24 hours, 30-day money-back guarantee. And by the way, in many cases, they have a trade-up program, so you can actually trade this stone up, credit it to a bigger rate. I have used these guys for two years to purchase. They are the real deal. I wouldn't recommend them if they weren't. I'm telling you, if you go... Pick out your ideal stone and then check the list of prices. Now, again, uh, take that price and go to your jewelry store, and I'll kiss your sweet ass if that jeweler can match it. He can't. He can't. This this is the perfect place. I know a lot of you think, oh, no, the only way to buy a diamond is you've got to do it in person. But you don't understand. Those salespeople, they're, they're getting paid hourly. They're getting paid on commission. Very few. I don't think I've ever walked into a Zales to look at a diamond. And half, I think most of the time they wouldn't even be able to tell you what color clarity it was. They might be able to say it's a 1.3 carat. But, you know, it's pretty clean, they'll say. You you don't want that. You want a GIA certificate. You want to know everything because that's the easiest way to determine its real value because if you're, you know, just saying it's clean doesn't mean shit. And um, I'm telling you this is powerful stuff. You, you, can, you will literally save thousands, and you not only will you save thousands, you'll get a bit of ring. So play around. You go to... Uh, let me make sure, just so I don't screw this up again. Um, BlueNile.com. You can start off by picking what kind of cut. You want a princess, you want a round, whatever. Then you go up there and you slide the bar up to what color. Maybe you'll you'll budget, you can afford an uh, E or a whatever, a D. Um you know, learn the four CCs. It's right there. Um, you know, figure out the, everything else, and then hit the enter button and look at the prices. Look at the prices, print, and then notice that as you look down, you're going to see a, a GIA certificate. The GIA does not appraise, and again, they are the people that invented the four Cs. They're the ones that came up with the color. The cut, the clarity, the carrot, baby. 
that certificate is gold, especially if you need to sell the ring. I've had two girls have me resell their engagement rings after, you know, the marriage failed. And it it breaks their heart because when he bought it, the husband wasn't trying to be cheap. In one case, he spent $6,000, but it, you know, it was a case of he didn't have a GIA certificate. So at that point, an appraiser comes in, and they, and let me tell you something. There isn't a jewelry appraiser in the world that does what the GIA does. The appraiser appraises, and they appraise high, and then you find out that the diamonds don't work very much. The GIA actually tells you every snippet of information, symmetry, everything. And with that information, you will get a price. And I challenge you guys that are into diamonds or looking to buy an engagement ring, you can literally get whatever you want. If you are really looking for because you're not going to find good luck going to sales or any of these small stores and finding a one-carat flawless to give your, your fiancé. Good luck. They're not going to carry it. And if they do carry it, I can promise you it will be five to $7,000 more than you can get it on Blue Nile, and you will also be paying a shitload of sales tax. So the tip for the day is BlueNile.com. I've used them on four occasions. Again, very reputable company, and it's fun. You can go around and start pricing diamonds, especially if you, know, if you see something. you know. But as I also will tell everybody, don't buy a diamond ever, ever, ever without a GIA certificate. Now, there's the EGL. They're okay. But for Vinny's money, if you don't sell me a diamond and it doesn't have a GIA certificate, I'm not buying it because it makes it almost impossible to sell. That means i got to go spend the hundreds of dollars to have the GIA certificate done. Okay. Um, couple guests. Yes, we are in works. We are, we are in works with the publicist to get the former – let me list all this shit. Former bodyguard of the Rolling Stones, former pro wrestler, former mayor, former governor of the great state of Minnesota, movie actor whose famous I Ain't Got Time to Bleed reminds me of my own life, host of Conspiracy Theory, and all-around polarizing figure. The one thing you can say about Jesse Ventura, you can love him or hate him, but the guy will give you a fucking opinion, and ain't that nice, especially for somebody who's been in the political reason, arena. You will get an opinion from Jesse Ventura. And um, he spends a lot of time over there in Mexico. Um, we are working with his publicist. We're trying to get him on. I will let you guys know as soon as we make that happen. Um, I want to thank uh, another dude on Facebook. Uh, I think it was Chris Cox. I hope I didn't screw that up. Um, Chris, I checked out your boy. I My tech guy has now moved. I'm doing actual consults and stuff. I just got back from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yes, people, there is a Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, I'm heading off next month, I think 13th, 14th, and 15th, to do three days with a guy my man Mike up in Phoenix, Arizona. This guy is going to make, oh, man, I'll have to talk to you about him when we're done. This guy's got an empire in the making. He's f finally a guy who understands metrics, finally a guy who understands Claude Hopkins, scientific advertising, the one book every one of you should have. Um, but 
The gentleman's name is Louis Ferranti. He is, in fact, a ex-John Gotti associate. He did, in fact, spend eight and a half years in jail. Um, it is a fascinating story. The name of the book, and there's several, but the one that really fascinates me and got just incredible reviews by uh, by media and readers was called Mob Rules, What the Mafia Can Teach the Legitimate Businessman. Um, you can check him out on Amazon. I, I had my friend Chris, who lives in Brooklyn, who does all my tech stuff. He's now moved here. He made a couple phone calls. I said, I want you to research him. If the guy was a snitch, if the guy went and testified against anybody in court, he doesn't come on my show. Found out, guy is totally cool, and I'm really looking forward. I'm hoping to have him on in the next four weeks. Very, very interesting story. Check out his story. And, guys, I know it's a rush show tonight, but I got so much lightning out here, and we um, have remodeling going on, so I got to get the hell out of here. But, uh, anyway, check out the niche on the Facebook thing. It works. It's a cool idea. BlueNile.com for diamonds. <laughs> Jesse the Body. Ventura. And make sure you check out Louis Ferrante, name of the book, Mob Rules, What the Mafia Can Teach the Legitimate Businessman. And as always, may you live to see the dawn, may all your dreams come true, may you always remain forever young. And guys, please, and girls, I got a lot of you out there, stay legendary, Vinny loves you. Be good, be good to each other, man. Peace. <laughs>